Hi everyone, Assalamu alaikum. Hope you're all safe, sound, and healthy. And this podcast episode is episode number three, you could say, for the Urdu learners. Um, all my friends out there who wish to learn Urdu, um, we have done uh, a podcast episode on the alphabets. Uh, names of birds, body parts, and numbers in Urdu, and we've done one on the names of flowers in Urdu. And we have also done an episode in which we have tried to explain the difference between Urdu and Hindi, and how Hindi actually stems from Urdu. So Urdu is the mother tongue here. And Urdu is a relatively new language, uh, you could say, because it, in turn, stems out of uh, two to three languages, um, or we, sh- we could say that Urdu is an integration of three to four languages, amongst which are Turkish, Persian, and Arabic. But most predominantly, you have Persian and Arabic as the integrative languages. Um, now, we need to also understand the Urdu syntax and word order. As we know, in English, you normally have the subject plus verb plus object. That is your sentence word order. In Urdu, it's uh, the re- one of the reasons why we refer to French as the Persian of the West is mainly its syntax and word order, which is very, very similar to the Asian languages. Uh, it is very similar to Urdu, to Persian um, so here we can touch upon the similarity that, for example, as I said earlier, in English you have S-V-O, subject, verb, order, uh, object. And in Urdu, it's going to be S-O-V. So you have the subject, then you have the object, and then you have the verb. That's the order. Um, here's an example. I drink tea. That's in English. You have I, which is the subject, drink, verb. Tea is the object to which you are referring to. Now, in Urdu, we would say, Main chai pita hoon, if you're male, or Main chai piti hoon, if you're female. So, this is where your knowledge of French comes in, um, because In Urdu, like in French, every subject has a gender. You're either male or you're female. Every single noun in Urdu has a gender. And the sentence and the verbs, the verbs and the adjectives, they tend to change according to the gender of the subject. Okay? So first of all, the syntax and word order. Main chai pita ya piti hoon. Main is me or I. Chai is the object, tea. And then pita or piti hoon, drink. So I, tea, drink. And because I am a female, so I would say main chai piti hoon. If I were a male, I would say chai pita hoon. So usually verbs when they end in 
alif in the ah sound it uh, denotes masculine and if it ends in the e sound then it denotes feminine okay so here is another thing that you need to know about urdu grammar um we have the infinitive obviously and then we have the present tense the past tense the conditional everything else so um infinitive um in english you usually add the word to to the verb and it becomes infinitive in urdu you always end the verb with na noon alif na in english it would roughly translate to na na right so for example to speak in english in urdu would be bolna to laugh hasna to run dorna so you know when you add na to the verb it becomes infinitive um once you've learned a good number of urdu infinitives you will be better placed to start learning how to conjugate them so uh, urdu conjugation is complex because you have to take care of the gender of the subject to which you're referring to and you have to take care of the singular plural aspect so you have to take care of the gender plus the number the quantity okay um now simple present tense is uh, literally simple as in any language so the conjugation would be just adding um uh, you know it's it's quite consistent in the sense that for example you have to sleep sona okay so that's the infinitive right now you want to conjugate it in the present tense that will be for example wo sota hai he sleeps you add the word hai so hai denotes present tense okay it is from the infinitive hona hona is to be so hona becomes hai is and again it changes with singular plural so it would be uh if, if you look at the gender then we will look at the quantity okay so wo sota hai he sleeps wo soti hai she sleeps wo sote hain they sleep so when you add a alif it's male when you add e choti a it's female and when you add a badi a then it is plural or formal um urdu has a a formal and an informal uh usage as well like french so when you speak formally to somebody you use the plural form to address that person right so we need to understand these basic things first before we 
go further, okay? I repeat. In Urdu sentence formation, in the syntax and word order, you have the subject, then you have the object, and then you have the verb, okay? Each verb must relate to the subject in forms of gender as well as quantity, okay? Every noun has a gender in the Urdu language. That has to be understood. Usually, unless there is an exception to the rule, usually the rule is that a word that ends in E, a noun that ends in E, choti ye, is female. Okay? An exception to that rule is the word pani. Pa-ni. Pani is Urdu for water and it's actually masculine. But uh, something that is actually within the rule, here is an example. You have kursi. Kursi means chair because it ends in C. So kursi, so it's feminine. Okay? Mez is table. That's masculine. Okay. Another exception uh, where you do not see the regular E sound, but it's actually feminine, is ankh. Singular for I. Okay, so you have one I, two eyes. So in Urdu it is ek ankh, do ankhe. So nothing in the word tells you that this is feminine, but this is an exception to the rule. So it's Mary Ankh, my eye. Okay. So because the word I is feminine, so we are using the word Mary for my, which denotes femininity. Now, um, we'll get back to pronouns once again so that you need to understand the first person, second person, third person, which we were talking about earlier regarding formal and informal addressing of people as well. So the first person we refer to in Urdu as Zamir Mutkalam. Okay. Zamir Mutkalam means first person. Zamir Hazir means second person. Zamir Ghaib means third person. So you can understand that Zamir is essentially from the Persian word which means person, okay, body. So, uh, or conscious. In Urdu, we refer to Zamir as conscious, as in your mind's conscious. So, Zamir Mutkalam, first person. Zamir Hazir, second person. Zamir Ghaib, third person. Ghaib literally means disappear. So, in, in other words, it means away, somewhere else, over there. So, you know, the person over there, the third person. Now, we need to understand the usage of you. In English, there is only one usage of you. Now, the tone basically tells you how you're addressing that person and who you're addressing that person. But the word is just you. 
in Urdu, the word itself changes on based on whom you're addressing. As I've said earlier, you have the formal address and you have the informal or casual address. So whenever we talk to somebody older than us or somebody who we do not know, we use the formal address of you and that is AAP. And as I said earlier, when you use the formal address or the formal form of address, your whole sentence changes accordingly, giving it a plural uniformity as in it would it would seem as if you're talking to more than one people you know it's a, it's the biblical we sort of thing keep that in mind you know so but here it's not we it's you so up is you in the formal or respectful address and tum is the informal or casual address which you use for somebody with whom you're close to somebody with whom you can be casual with somebody who is your peer, your age mate, something like that. So people who you do not know or people who are elderly, you use AAP. Okay? AAP. P, P sound. P, 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 P. So AAP. Okay? The thing about Urdu is because it is essentially a deaccentuated language because it's taken from other languages. So the... Urdu language itself should not have an accent, okay? So there is no purrs and purrs and hers moving. So per is per and ber is ber. So there's no her coming after each letter as you normally have with English or with Korean even or with uh, Japanese. So, or even Chinese actually. So there's no per and no ber, per, okay? It's a simple and it's a simple b, more like French. So again, up, up is you in the formal sense, and tum, tum is you for the informal or casual address. With somebody with whom you're close to, intimate to, same age, okay. And then you have, so this was the second person that we had to address first in order to make that clear. First person is me. Me comes in both forms in English, I mean, as in it can be used alternatively as both me and I. Okay, so you have me. And the third person is vo. Okay, as we just did before, like vo. Sota hai, wo pita hai, wo kehti hai. So, wo is as a third person, it is in itself the subject does not denote the gender, it remains gender neutral. So, when you want to specify the gender of the person that you're talking about, you specify it through the usage of the verb. So, wo sota hai, because sota denotes masculine so it's understood that the vo who you're talking about is male but vo soti hai vo soti hai that is she sleeps okay so the verb here changes obviously so that you clarify the third person's gender and as i said before 
similarly, because the adjectives describe nouns, so they also have to relate to the nouns' genders, as well as the singular plural, the quantity, the number of the nouns. Okay. So again, keeping in mind the general rule that a word uh, that ends in ah is masculine and the word that will end in e is feminine. So, for example, darya. Darya is masculine. It means river. Okay. Pani is also masculine, despite the fact that it ends in e. Remember, that's an exception to the rule. Okay. But let's go with the normal rule following word. And so we have darya. Darya is river. That's a noun. And it's masculine. Now, you want to say this is a deep river. So, deep river. The word deep is an adjective, which means it's describing the noun. So, the adjective must complement the noun. So the noun is masculine, the ya. So the word deep is gehra. So gehra, the ya. So gehra, geher. So gehra, masculine, deep, the ya, river, masculine. Neher is canal. So neher is feminine actually. Okay, so we want to say a deep canal, so gehra will become gehri. The choti ye comes in, the e sound comes in, so gehri neher, deep canal. Okay, that denotes feminine. Now, I hope that this was quite helpful in order to understand the basics of word syntax and sentence formation. And soon we will be working with some of the basic questions which I've actually already done with you, but we will go a little more into that in the next episode. So for now, this is me signing out. Khuda Hafiz, until the next episode.